We're just going to unpack some of the highlights of this, but just going forward, um, what we're to expect. We're now on the line to Dr. Dale McKinley, who's a political analyst. A very uh, good afternoon to you, and thank you so much for speaking to us, Dr. McKinley. Um, I, I mean, it's been there's been quite a lot of reaction to his uh, maiden um, address, and also we've seen uh, the issues that were highlighted by the opposition. But perhaps uh, it would be best to then start with what's in the near future. Uh, uh, the budget speech, do you think, uh, well, even though it's expected to give more meat, will there be better direction? The, what has been the criticism that there's been a call of way too many summits? Yes, I mean, look, I think that uh, necessarily so. A State of the Nation address and this kind of debate that follows is going to be quite generalistic, um, that it can't offer specific policy prescriptions as yet. I mean, it can offer the broad sort of trajectory. And I think, you know, uh, as much as I personally and maybe others might have critiques of, of what specific things Sir Ramaphosa said, he's a consummate politician and he's done a fairly good job presenting these broad brush strokes. Um, he doesn't want to give too much away, I don't think. Um, I don't think any of us... Uh, we can guess what is going to be in the budget. We know that there's a massive budget deficit. We know that the taxes, more taxes are going to come. We know that there's going to be a sort of constriction of government spending. Basically, I think what Trump is adopting here in the context of the budget and, and government is leaner and meaner. Um, that he's going to basically, you know, cut the size down. He's going to cut some of the fat off. He wants to tell people that they're going to, he's going to use the, the resources of the republic in, in a responsible way. And when you l- listen to him, for example, on the land redistribution issue, it was very, very clear that, yes, we might in, engage, you know, uh, expropriation without compensation, but we're going to do so in a way that doesn't um, impact on food security and other. These are very, very difficult things to do. Mm. But so he set himself a very, very high target. I- I'm very uh, curious, especially because I was thinking the term as well, uh, trimming the fat. And, and he hinted at the fact that there needs to be a reconfiguration of government, especially the departments of one is going to ensure the greatest efficacy. So where would you start if you are going to say, let's trim the fat? You've got a blow to cabinet. Right. Where do you cut first? Which ministries would be merged? And uh, <laughs> you're reducing the number of deputy ministers. Should you get rid of deputy ministers in general? What is their role? Absolutely. I think that this debate has been going on since the early 90s, uh, that, you know, deputy ministers are probably not necessary, uh, as well as the number of government departments. I think we could, you could probably amalgamate uh, a range of government departments, which has been done in previous years under previous administrations. I think you could probably cut it by a good five or six departments could be taken away and amalgamated with others. But I think also in terms of cutting the fat, it's about the salary bill. We are in an economically constrictive environment environment at the moment. And I think one of the biggest complaints, not just about the Zoom administration, but generally, is that our politicians are a bunch of fat cats. And and the officials are sitting there earning huge salaries, and the output that they're giving is not commensurate with that salary. So if he wants to, I think, earn the the respect of people out there who are hardworking, who are being squeezed, the middle class in particular, um, and workers and others who have no jobs and are looking to the future, he must practice what he preaches, and I think that has got to go with government as well, to where the salaries are going to have to come down, and that salary bill, particularly of the highest paid uh, individuals and the top-level officials, can come down quite drastically. Another complaint that has been made in the past, just lastly, has been um, the use of consultants at a grossly um, exaggerated rate and also cost. So how do you ensure that if departments have the human resources 
resources required that they defer to that instead of going to consultants first? Well, I think it's quite it's it's quite a simple uh, process. In other words, you employ people that have the necessary skills to do the job that they're employed to do. This has been the problem, and I, it's it's the debate over you know political deployments, putting people into positions because of politics as opposed to performance and as opposed to what they can do. And if we if you have people in there. Uh, that are basically qualified to do that, and you have director generals and people that are overseeing that management that are doing their jobs, there's absolutely no reason why we can't have efficient service delivery, why we can't use the budgets efficiently, and why consultants can't be more or less cut out of the picture. Because essentially, all the consultants' bills, these billions of rands that are spent on consultants, is a result of people simply not doing their jobs. Yes, there might be the need for certain consultants' uh, specialized expertise, but overall, let's get people in government that can do the job that are confident. I think once they're given that opportunity, we might be surprised at what they can do. Thank you so much for speaking to us, sharing your insights, Dr. Dale McKinley.